What is up, podcast community? My name is Michael Chernow, and this is the Creatures of Habit podcast. Habits are everything, and on this show, I will be interviewing some of the most inspiring, motivated, and high-performing humans on the planet to learn about the daily habits, routines, and rituals that help keep them focused, determined, on top of their game, and ultimately, happy. My journey from the depths of addiction and misery to success as a family man and serial entrepreneur was only made possible by replacing bad habits with great ones. And my mission in life today is to share that story and the story of others with you to bring value and life-changing tools to as many people as possible. So sit back, relax, and pay attention because what you hear in this podcast today can potentially change your life. Let's go. Today, I have a guest on the show who's become a friend, who is a fellow entrepreneur in the world of living a better life. Um, his name is Michael Brandt. He is the CEO and co-founder of HVMN, which is also known as Health Via Modern Nutrition. Michael is also the creator of Ketone IQ, which falls under the HVMN umbrella. Um, he is a 30 under 30. He also has run his best marathon at two hours and 42 minutes. The dude cruises through the marathon at six minute mile pace, which is uh, if you've ever tried to run a marathon in six minutes, you'll understand that doing that 26.2 times in a row, very, very difficult. Michael, welcome to the show. Great to be on the show. We're looking forward to a great conversation here. Thanks for having me. Uh, we like to do uh, a few different things here on the Creatures of Habit podcast. I believe in habit wholeheartedly. I believe that our habits are what determine success and failure in our lives. Uh, habits could be great. Habits could also be detrimental. And so on this podcast, we like to focus on the great ones. <laughs> um, and, you know, my life was changed through taking action in my decisions, also known as habits. And I would love to learn what you do on a daily basis. So I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions there. But before we do that, you are sort of at the forefront of, of ketones, of, of bringing ketones um, to the masses. And, and, and I, I just want to understand, you know, what that means. Because when people hear keto today, they think of the diet. They don't think about the, the byproduct of what keto being in ketosis can do for us. Well, most people think it's just like eating an, an enormous amount of meat. And, and that's actually not true either. Uh, it's, it's really, it's, it's eating an enormous amount of fat, uh, a little bit of meat um, and little to no carbohydrate. So I think what would be great is if you could break down the keto protocol let us know what being in ketosis does for us. And then uh, talking about ketone IQ and how people can get there a little faster. So what the hell is a ketone? A ketone is a source of energy that our brains use. Everyone has some amount of ketones in their body. Your body's always making ketones. You turn fat into ketones in order to fuel your brain. Fat cannot cross the blood brain barrier. So you're always making ketones. Before we go on, can you just break down the blood brain barrier? I hear that a lot. I know what it is, but I don't think everybody knows what that is. Yeah. You have blood vessels in your brain going to different parts of your brain. Your, all your neurons require blood and the permeability of that layer is really important. 
there's a lot of stuff that you don't want to let into your brain that you might want to let into other tissues in your body. Your brain is super sensitive. So a lot of actually a lot of your brain metabolism, a lot of your brain energy needs are spent on maintaining this really good barrier. It's like when you go to the hospital, like it's like really sterile. You got to go through like three different doors to get in there and everything's antiseptic and perfect. Like your brain is like that. Like you don't want, like if you get a cut on your finger and it gets a little infected, like you do not want that to end up in your brain. So there's blood brain barrier is super important and only certain things are allowed to get in only certain metabolites, only certain things can get into your brain. So things like fat, like fatty acids, a lot of parts of your body can use those, but your brain can't. And, and those fatty acids need to get turned into ketones in order to give your brain energy. Humans have really big brains. Like we have the biggest, most advanced cognition of any species. And it's because we spend a lot of time as infants in early childhood building that brain. And there's a lot of ketones that are involved in that, like blood sugar alone, like other nutrients alone cannot build our, the big human brain. So evolutionarily, we've developed this ability from our infancy, but like, you know, for 300,000 years, we've developed the ability to use ketones for high energy demands in our brain, including infancy, but it also continues into adulthood. Whenever you're stressed, whenever it just in general, whenever you don't have a lot of carbs available, if you're eating low carb, like you mentioned, or if you're doing endurance exercise, or if you're doing fasting, so whenever like glucose is low and, or brain energy demand is high, ketones are going to be the magic molecule that, that saves the day and helps your brain function better. I think that there is a, there is a bit of a, of a, of a controversial component there, right? Like does the brain function better on fat slash ketones or glycogen? Like what is the, what is the brain really, really, where's the brain at its most functional? The issue is that your brain can't store that much glycogen. Like there's not that much space in your brain. Whenever you store glycogen, it requires a lot of water to store it. So if you're like carb loading before a marathon, or if you're just eating a high carb diet, you know how you get kind of puffy if you eat a lot of carbs, that is glucose getting stored as glycogen, but it takes up a lot of space because there's water that's required. Your body in general cannot store that much glycogen and your brain, especially just stuck inside of your, your head cavity cannot store that much glycogen. So glucose works, but we're very limited. So having the ability to dip into ketones for brain energy, super important. There's another important factor too, though, which is a little bit of glucose, not a bad thing. Feel a nice energy lift, eating a candy bar. Great. A lot of glucose over years, you get diabetes. When you eat sugar, especially sugar that has low fiber in it, like you know, oatmeal that's high fiber, great source of carbs. Straight candy that's low fiber, just like high fructose corn syrup. If you're constantly spiking your blood sugar, like in, in the stuff with low fiber spikes really quickly because fiber slows down the, the spikes. You're always spiking your blood glucose levels, always spiking the glucose to your body and to your brain. It stops working. You, you need insulin in order to address those spikes and like do something productive with those spikes. But if you're always spiking over decades, that insulin stops working. You get insulin resistance, also known as diabetes. And the latest science is showing that actually diabetes and Alzheimer's highly correlate. And in fact, Alzheimer's probably has to do with insulin resistance of the brain. A lot of people in the metabolic health community consider Alzheimer's type three diabetes, because basically if you're constantly eating sugar, if every time your brain is tired, if your go-to is eating a Kit Kat bar, something's going to break. It's like, you're const it's like you're constantly revving the engine with this like, dirty fuel. So a little bit of sugar or like the right kind of carbohydrates, great. Like you, I don't want to vilify carbohydrates. Like your body can run on carbs. But it's those spikes and those like frequent spikes of like, like sugary sugar 
that's going to get you into a bad spot. You're going to be crashing day by day. And then over time, you're doing a lot of damage in your body. It sucks because sugar is awesome. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it's so addicting. It's, it's, it's delicious. delicious. Yeah. And, and, and that's, and that's the, the, the truth of it, right? Like it sucks that we can't eat sugar like that. However, I love the idea of living a life of 80, 20. It's kind of how I live 85, 15, where 80 to 85% of my time awake I am regimented, structured, and completely dialed in on most things, nutrition, fitness, mindset. 15 to 20% of my time awake, I am absolutely, without a question of a doubt, comfortable and cool with giving myself some indulgences. And I, I think that that is the, the, the key metric, right? Like complete abstinence of anything in life, in my experience never works. You know, like, I mean, look, I, I actually, yesterday I did a 48 hour fast yesterday, water fast. And I came off of it last night. I was going to do 72 hours and I got home. I was, I was like, you know, I, I'd been in the car for three hours and I was just like, fuck it. I'm going to have some eggs. Um, but you know, I, uh, I, I did 48 hours and, and I was on fire and yesterday I did good morning America in the morning. I was like in it, you know, and it was just so, it, it just made it so clear to me that I was running, I was, I was in, I was in full ketosis and I was running because I, I, I had all in the beginning of my day, I, I, I brought my, my ketone IQ with me. Um, and so I made sure that I was like filling my body with the right stuff when I was doing this fast. And um, I was on fire. I was on fire. I was, I was so sharp. I think that there is just this, this when people talk about the keto diet, and I want to talk about that because I think it's important, there is a level of abstinence that it's not a sustainable protocol. For most people, it really is not. Yeah. I mean, if you have a family, it's very, very difficult unless your family is also on board with, you know, only eating, you know, 65% fat as being the diet. So can you just talk about the keto diet for a little bit? I always make a point to say is we are not a keto diet company. It's really interesting because it's the word ketone and it is the same ketone. When you do the keto diet, your body makes a ketone. When you drink ketone IQ, same blood BHB, the same ketone is what elevates in your blood. So it's the same ketone, but it's, it's like so different. It's because within the keto diet context, it's almost like ketones are the afterthought because in the keto diet, you're eating really low carb and your body is burning a lot of body fat, as well as, you know, the fat, the, if the, all the foods that you're eating are fat, your body gets really good at burning fat, turning it into ketones. So your ketones go up, but it's almost like keto diet. People don't actually care about the ketones. They care about burning weight. And then the ketones are like this byproduct, but it's weird. Cause like ketones shouldn't be the byproduct. Ketones are this super efficient form of fuel. And I talked about it a little bit, like it's more efficient than glucose. It requires less oxygen to turn into cellular energy, ATP. It creates less oxidative stress, basically this cleaner fuel. It's like the all the way premium form of gas, like less engine gunk buildup. So we're trying to reframe the narrative around ketones are the star of the show. They're not this like afterthought of like, oh, when you're burning a lot of fat, you make ketones and it's called the keto diet. But like, we're all doing metabolism all the time. We're all driving a car around with some engine in it. Like we should be talking about the gas that we're putting into that engine. Another, I guess, bone I have to pick with the, the keto diet is, uh, yeah, it's, it's like what you said, it's all or nothing. And it's like, what about the 80, 20? Like the fact is that we're all making some amount of ketones. Always. You have some ketones circulating in your blood. The keto diet has been branded. It reminds me of how like veganism used to be this like 
black and white concept where you were all the way vegan, like card carrying member of PETA or not. And now it's just chilled out a lot. You have plant-based options and people can like, you can grab for a plant-based burger without being that all the way vegan person. I'm not trying to make a comment on vegan versus carnivore, whatever. I'm just saying from like a cultural lens, vegan used to be this black and white way of thinking. And now it's, the truth is it's a spectrum. The truth is ketosis is a spectrum where if you exercise and you burn off a bunch of carbs, if you go on a run for an hour, hour and a half, you're going to burn off a bunch of carbs. Your body's going to start making relatively a lot of ketones. Are you doing the keto diet? Not necessarily. I don't, you fast for a couple of days, your body's making a lot of ketones. You go and have a nice piece of pizza on Friday. Cool. You're, that's going to ramp down your personal ketone production. You're not going to be in ketosis anymore. The fact is that humans should be spending some time in ketosis. Like we should not just be eating constantly carbs, constantly elevated blood sugar, give that a rest, let your body make its own ketones, drink a little bit of ketones and let your, like, let your body spend some time in ketosis. If you, for some reason, want to dial it all the way full keto diet, some people need for medical reasons. Like if you're undergoing chemotherapy or aggressive weight loss, like there's certain medical conditions or there's certain people that keto diet just really clicks with, you know, have at it. But I would say as a general prescription, it's it's not for everyone. Have you sort of had the conversation of what a, a good protocol could look like? Like eating in a ketogenic way for three days a week, three days in a row, and then going back to a regular protocol. Yeah. That's a, that's a great way to put it. We're like a lot of what our community does, a lot of what I do and what we push is like episodic ketos ketosis, like doing low carb, doing a workout in the morning with low carbs. If you're going to have carbs, stack it during like one meal a day. Don't be constantly stacking on carbs. Another way is just, yeah, throughout the week, don't eat a lot of carby stuff on the weekends. You can cut loose a little bit more that basically like let your body go through these cycles. If you're a big athlete, like stack carbs around like big training blocks. When you know, if you're going to go really hard, right? If you're, I'm going to run a marathon, I'm going to carb load. Like I'm going to carb load and I'm going to drink ketones. I want, I want both forms of fuel. So, but like, but then afterwards, after a big workout, letting your body spend time with elevated ketones. Like think about how like an, our ancestral humans were, right? Like there weren't no carbs. There was some grains and berries. Like there was some carbs around, but it wasn't a constant. There was no peanut butter cups on the Savannah. There was no three meals a day plus snacks of like, you know, all the junk that's inside of a Seven Eleven. So like be more like that ancestral human, which isn't like, you don't have to cut out carbs all the way, but like ancient humans were moving around three, four, five, six miles a day. They were doing endurance hunting. They were not eating a ton of carbs to begin with. So they were, they were going in and out of ketosis. And that's the, the model that we should be living by as modern humans. Like ideally keeping carbs under a hundred grams a day, potentially, if that's something that you're looking to do, maybe two to three days a week, actually going carb-free, you know, potentially some vegetables, but really trying to go carb-free and then cycling that way. I think it's really interesting. I think the whole thing is, is, is very interesting. You know, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan of the 
uh, exploration of these things. I really do believe that, um, you know, I mean, look, I launched a business that focuses on um, oatmeal and protein, right? And so, you know, we each each pouch of, of the protagonist is 40 grams of carbohydrates. And for me, either pre or post workout or to kickstart my day after my intermittent, like how I break my fast. Um, it's a perfect amount of carbohydrates to not like make me feel any, any way outside of like a a boost of energy. Um, and I know that I'm feeding my, and I'm also an athlete, so I'm feeding my muscles, the glycogen, um, in order for them to restore and grow. Yeah. That's, I, that's a really good point. Like creatures of habits, awesome product. And the important thing, there's a couple of important things. One is it's got a lot of fiber in it. So not all 40 grams of sugar or carbohydrates is the same, right? Like 40 grams that's packed. You can think of fiber as like a parachute where if you're slowly getting those 40 grams of carbohydrates into your bloodstream, not really a big problem. If you go and slam some M&Ms, it's just like pure heroin into your veins. You're getting 40 grams immediately. Like what you want to avoid is like those spikes. So again, it's not this black and white thing. Like carbs are terrible. It really depends on that spike. Like it's also known as the glycemic index. So oatmeal, especially what you've done with KOH is like, that's like a nice gentle ramp. And the other key factor, I mean, you're, you're a beast. Like if you're working out, if you're actually going and burning 40 grams of carbs, okay. The important thing there is the energy balance. Like what is the equation? What you don't want to do is have a bunch of carbs and then sit on your couch. You want it. Like if you're going to, if you're a triathlete, if you get after it, like have some carbs. Cause you're also going to be like emptying the tank on your workout. But what you don't want is just like constant ambient high blood sugar. You're not going to feel good. And it's going to affect your long-term health biomarkers. So they eat carbs, but like in that balance equation, talk to us real quick. And then I want to get into the questions because I think it's, uh, you know, I I want to make sure that we we deliver the value in, in the habits, but what does ketone IQ, how can it, how can it help anyone? Let's talk about the, the, the person that's already living the ketogenic lifestyle and the person that's not, what does it do? One way I think about this is think about water. Think about how at 11 a.m., if you're dehydrated, you're going to have a hard time focusing, you have low energy levels. You drink some water, you're going to have better energy. You're going to be able to get about your day. Same thing at 11 p.m. If you're thirsty, you're not going to be able to sleep. You're going to toss and turn. You drink water, you're going to be able to fall asleep. You're not going to be like parched and, and tossing, tossing and turning in bed. Ketones is a metabolic substrate. Metabolic substrates in general are right up there with water in terms of primitives. Like every function in your body requires water and it also requires some kind of energy. So whatever you're trying to do during the day, whether you're trying to think really hard about a problem, you're trying to go on a bike ride, you just went on a bike ride and you're now recovering from it. Your brain, your, your brain and body are in need of water and energy and other, uh, these other primitives. So whatever you're doing throughout the day, you're going to have a better time if you're hydrated and you're fueling yourself with the right metabolic substrate. So really specifically on it, like with ketone IQ in particular, it's good to have whenever your, your brain needs to be dialed on, like whenever there's something that you want to be really hundred percent for, and it's neat because it stacks with other, other stuff like caffeine or mushroom blends, other micro doses, things like that. It's really interesting to stack with psychoactives because anything that increases brain activity. So like caffeine, psilocybin, all of these psychoactives, they increase brain activity. That increases the need for energy in your brain. And like, where is that energy coming from? It's like, where, like if you're 
if you're doing anything, you need water. Like if you're doing anything, you need energy. Where is that energy coming from? Ketones are a really nice form of energy. It's nice to just have it as a, as a shot with, you know, there's no sugar in it. It just goes directly into powering your, your neurons and all your other body cells. This podcast is brought to you by, you guessed it, Creatures of Habit. Creatures of Habit is a lifestyle and wellness brand. We launched the brand with a product called The Protagonist. It is a superhuman oatmeal. It is not just regular oatmeal. It is plant-based, dairy-free, non-GMO, gluten-free, packed with 30 grams of plant-based protein, omega-3 fatty acids, vitamin D3, probiotic, digestive enzymes, truly the best thing you can put in your body to kickstart your day used as a pre-workout meal or a post-workout meal. This is a meal, everybody. This is not a snack. This is a meal. It is perfect for on the go. Use promo code K-O-H-P-O-D-20, the number 20. That's K-O-H-P-O-D-20 at checkout when you pop over to creaturesofhabit.com. That is creatures with a K, creaturesofhabit.com. We appreciate you. We love you. And now on to the pod. I want to get into to habits. You know, um, I believe that every single day uh, is built upon a foundation. And that foundation is something that can be sturdy, like rock solid concrete, or that foundation could be built, uh, you know, all that day could be built on a dirt foundation, uh, which will ultimately not make for a great structure. So uh, I, I, I believe in morning routine. I would love to hear what your morning routine looks like. I have a few notes there. One of the biggest morning routines is actually, it's, it's actually a don't. It's like, do not touch your phone for an hour after waking up. It is so important to run your day. What are you doing today? You're given the gift of another day on planet earth. What do you want to do? You have all these inputs from what happened yesterday, what your goals are in life. Don't tarnish that by getting the, fire hose of what everyone else is doing, everyone else posting their stuff at news, all the stuff going on across all social media. Let your brain be in that like pure state of what do I want to do today? Let me play offense on the day. Not You don't want to be in a spot where you're playing defense, where you're just reacting, oh, emails. I got tagged in this post. I got to... Like you get on the hamster wheel too quick. You're never going to get off of it. Once you get on the hamster wheel for a day, you're not going to get off of it until you're exhausted. Like it is really hard to get off of it. So give yourself... I always give myself just that no phone for hour. You know, I'll play some jazz music and just like do do the other components of my morning routine. But I, a hard rule, like do, don't start letting any other inputs into your into my brain. Leave that aside. First hour of the day at the min. It is so good. And then it's like, okay, once I'm ready to bring technology into my life, okay, I have some intent behind it. What do I want to go? Okay. It would be really important to connect these dots. It would be really important to write a note to this person. I'm sitting down with intent, not just chasing around whoever is pinging me, whatever is buzzing. Okay. So no phone, no phone for the first hour. Um, do you wake up at a specific time? I'm pretty diligent. I wake up at 630. Luckily, I just had a daughter five months ago. So she makes it she makes it easy um, to wake up on time. It's always really magical. I mean, she literally starts making sounds in the morning, but it's also really magical. Just like spend time with her. Uh, she's always full of joy first thing in the morning. And so that's, that's a really nice way to, to start the day too these days. 
So you're waking up at 6.30 in the morning. You're not touching the phone for the first hour. I would imagine that you're probably spending, immediately you're spending time with your daughter. Is there anything else that you're doing in those few hours in the day that you have control over that sort of helps set you up for success throughout the rest of the day? That first hour, like, you know, family time, just reflecting, writing, jotting things down on notes, like whatever's kind of popped open into my head overnight. I love to work out first thing in the day, just sets the energy right for the rest of the day. So I'll, I usually eat, I'll have a little something. I usually have coffee, athletic greens and ketone IQ. That's my, my stack. It's like, if there's something, if it's a big workout or if I, I go off of feel where it's like, okay, if I trained really hard yesterday and I feel like a little tank is on empty, I'm not, I'm, I'm not married to having to do a like morning fast every day. Like my default is I would say, I don't really eat much calories, much like substantive meal until lunch. You got to go by, by feel. Like if I know I ran hard yesterday, I maybe didn't eat enough. I'm going to have a snack before today's workout. I just want to put that out there. Like, like, don't be a robot either. Like I generally, my protocol is coffee, athletic greens, ketone IQ. So basically extending my overnight fast into, yeah, I go for a workout. My, my normal work, I'm a big runner. I think people got the, the memo on that. So my normal, I have like a seven, eight mile loop around my house in Griffith park. It's nice and hilly. Uh, just good, like conquer the day. It's like tough. It's like the right level of tough. doesn't knock me out for the day, but I feel like I, I did something and then I just carry that momentum into the rest of the day. So, I mean, you'll notice I'm the CEO of a fast growing startup. I have a whole team, a lot of stuff going, a lot of moving parts, but the first couple hours of the day are all me. Like I'm a strong believer that as a leader, the best thing you can do is have good energy yourself. You know, a strong community is made up of strong individuals. Like you got to be, it's like my, one of the best ways I can be generous to my team and my family and everyone is actually be selfish to myself Like make sure I am good so that I have something to bring to the table. I don't know where other CEOs are, or other founders are, but I usually start my meetings at 10 AM unless there's something like on fire and we got to talk earlier. Like, sure. I'm pragmatic, but generally like I spend the first chunk of the day, just solo getting my brain, right. What do we want to do today? It's my day. And then work comes into it and okay, what are we doing? Do you have an evening routine? Do you have a wind down routine? I usually cut off meetings in like the mid afternoon, usually at 3 PM. So if people are keeping track, it's like, I, I generally stack all my meetings in like five hours in the day, 10 AM to 3 PM. And again, if something is P zero, if there's like, I've got to close a fundraising round or supply chain is on fire, like I get on the phone. Like I'm not, I'm not a robot about this either, but as a general practice, I've found I'm able to be a very high impact person by getting my meetings in that five hour period. Every meeting has attached to it, like a tax, like a fee. Like you have this amazing call with someone afterwards, you're going to be like sending them emails. You're going to be looking up articles. You're going to be following up. If you just jam your day full of meetings, like when are you ever paying the tax that is due on being proactive? Right. Like, like you're, you're going to come to like 6 PM, get off your last zoom calls. Like what about all the follow-ups? Like, what about all the dots to connect of like, oh, wow, I got to introduce this person. Like, and then what are you supposed to do? Work from like work until 11 PM. And then like, you're just, you're, you're fried. Like you got to be nice to yourself. I think that's the thing about being a marathoner is it's like this tough, you gotta be tough titties. Right. But you also gotta be nice to yourself. Like you gotta be like the way I got good at marathoning was I would, I go on runs where it's like, how relaxed can I be? Like, how fast can I go while keeping my heart rate under 140 BPM. How smooth and light and nice to myself can I be? So I get faster at this exertion level. You do that, like the speed will come. And so I'm not like always gunning it at marathoning. I'm not always gunning it at, at work, 
you save some matches when you got to go, you got to go. Like it's just on fire. You got to go. I, I want to make sure that that part is clear, but it's like a, people always say like, like it's a marathon, not a sprint. And the way that I'm telling you, like the way, the way people do marathons is you got to find that line and just be right underneath it to where you're not burning yourself out. You got to be right underneath your line in a spot that's comfortable and like slowly over time, that line goes up, but like, you got to keep yourself in a sustainable spot. You know, I, I, I also want to comment on that. You're saying so many things that I like I, resonate so well with me. I also, you know, for, for years as an entrepreneur, uh, especially in the restaurant business, my work-life balance was non-existent. You know, I almost lost my marriage. I mean, I was working 18, you know, literally for the first First two years of business uh, with Meatball Shop. I mean, A, I didn't know what I was doing because I was a kid and I was, I just thought like the longer I worked, the better it looked. Um, and so I was working like 18, 20 hours a day, legit. Uh, and I did that for two years straight. And then, you know, and then I cut it back a little bit, but like having dinner with my family, th- those things just were non existent. That, by the way, is a terrible life. I'm not saying that I felt terrible all the time. I'm saying that the byproduct of that for me and for the people around me was actually terrible. And so I, you know, interestingly, I just, right before this podcast, I was on uh, and I was interviewing somebody to, to potentially come on, on, on the team here. And she asked me a great question. She said, you know, in terms of balance, like what is your thought process? Now I am so aligned with you where I get to the office typically at around 10, 10, 15, 10, 30, You've already been up for three, four hours. Oh, I've been up for five hours, but I've been working on myself because I know for sure that if I am not well, if I am not feeling well, if I am not feeling grounded and I know what I have to do to get there, I am just a far less effective business owner, business partner, friend, son, brother, husband, you know, father, all the, all the things. So I, I focused the first, you know, four or five hours of the day on me, period, done. Do you think that that period of like, I don't know, early twenties, late teens, like we were burning the candle at both ends. Is that something like necessary that every like ambitious person like needs to go through in order to burn out and like hit that wall? And then, and then you become you, you become like where we're at, like we're, I don't know, I'm 33. Like I've been around the block. Like you've been around the block. Like does everyone have to go through that nail chewing period of their life? I would probably say that I I wouldn't be where I am today had I not done that. Um, Do I think it's necessary? No. Do I think that like if people can figure out a way to actually, and I know that like anything north of eight hours for me at work in like at a desk in front of a computer is, is anything north of eight hours is kind of useless time. I am not firing on, on all cylinders and I'm not, however, like you said, right? Like when, when the fire is burning, you're there with the fucking water hose because you just have to be right. And if that water hose is putting out the fire at 75%, at least it's putting out the fire. And, but that's the important thing too, is of having that psychological reserve. If you're already at your absolute limit or beyond it, and then a fire hits, you're going to have a bad time. So that's another way I think about it. It's like, I got to have a little bit of flex, a little bit of reserve in case I don't, buyer from Whole Foods calls. Like if I'm already slammed in meetings, I'm already stressed or too many direct reports, too much stuff flying around. Like, how do I make the space for this thing? Like those fires come up, those opportunities come up. So I like always having a little bit of gas in the tank for when those things do happen, that magical introduction, that thing you got to act quick on, being able to be light on your toes. I think that I think that there is a misconception that in order to be successful, you have to be working around the clock. And when I ask myself, what does success mean to me? Honestly, what do I really want? Like, what do I really want? Yes, I want, I, I do. Like, I'm not going to deny the fact that I want 
I always want to have a really nice house. I always want to drive the car I want to drive. I always want to have a motorcycle that I love. I, I, I'm not there yet, but shit, I would love to, to only fly first class. I would, I would like all those things to just be part and, and, and feel, feel financial freedom. I've gotten close to some of those things, right? But at the end of the day, what do I really want to do? I really want to spend, I really want to have a quality family life. Like I really want to spend awesome long periods of time with my wife and kids on vacation two to three times a year. Like that's really what I want to do. I don't want to sit at home and not work because I, I love to, I love, I'm, I, I, I work is fulfilled. Like it fills my cup. Like being, being able to do the things that I do is fulfilling. However, I love to just hang. Of course, I'm, 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 I'm a human. And so if I'm working around the clock, if I'm putting in 80, 90 hours, which is what I used to do, what, what's the purpose, right? Like, what is it all for? And so I think that, that to answer your question, I think that there is a period of time that any entrepreneur is going to have to understand and navigate what that feels like for them. And if I wasn't married, because I got married young, I got married at 26. If I wasn't married, chances are I probably would have stretched that time out a little bit longer where I was working like pound until I burned out. I burned out. And, and, you know, and, and maybe that doesn't have to happen if you can figure out how to be efficient in eight hours. So I was on this call with, with, uh, with, with this, this really impressive person right before this, this podcast. And, and I said, look, you know, my whole team knows 40 hours. That's what I want. I want 40 hours, but I want those 40 hours to be super efficient. I'm not going to expect you to answer an email after 6 p.m. unless it's an emergency. I'm not going to expect you to be working after 6 p.m. unless you want to. Not everybody's here in the office with me. And so, like, I'm not going to be looking at you, you know, and saying, oh, you know what? You're not working hard enough. Like, if you can get your shit done where I don't have to micromanage you, like, that's my dream. Work four hours and get it done. You know what I always say when I'm, when I'm, interviewing candidates, hiring people is I, I like selfish people where I like people who have high clarity on what they want out of this job, what they want in their career, how this gets them there. To me, that feels honest when someone's like, I want to, I want this job because that's going to help me be a CMO or help me be a founder, or help me retire early, whatever their goal is in life. I feel like that alignment clicks. I don't have to micromanage that person because it's like, okay, this role is set up for you to achieve what you want to achieve in life. You have good clarity on what your goals are and the puzzle pieces just fit together. It's like, I don't have to micromanage. I don't care how many hours, some weeks are going to be easy peasy, not much going on. Other weeks you're going to have to be grinding hard because uh, just the ebbs and flows of life, keep it at a reasonable average running average of what the workload is. Like you're saying that 40 hours, I find people have like clarity of what they want out in life. And I just, I always call it like, I like selfish people. I like people who know what they want and not like, you know, assholes, like not people who are tough to work with type of selfish, but in selfish in that sense of they know what they want. Like they're, you're joining the team. It's like, I, I want to be the best quarterback. Like put me in as quarterback. Like I want to throw tight spirals, put me on the team. It's like, okay, cool. I'm looking for a quarterback. I don't need to micromanage you. You selfishly want to be the best quarterback in the world. You selfishly want to be the best tight end in the world. Cool. Like here's the role. Go for it. I don't need to micromanage you. Let's talk. I can mentor you on, on a thing here and there, but like, if you're a machine, if you know what you want, you're going to go and get it. Let me get out of your way. This podcast is brought to you by, you guessed it, Creatures of Habit. Creatures of Habit is a lifestyle and wellness brand rooted in functional nutrition. The protagonist is a superhuman, incredibly delicious instant and overnight oatmeal blend developed to feed your body the most optimized blend of vitamins, minerals, and macros. With premium oats, 30 grams of plant-based protein, omega-3 fatty acids, vitamin D3, a pro 
probiotic and digestive enzymes in each pouch, you will never have to think about what to eat for breakfast, pre-workout or post-workout meal, or a healthy meal any time of the day in a pinch. Made four simple and convenient ways. One, just add hot water. Two, overnight in the fridge. Three, add to a delicious smoothie or simply put in the microwave. Take the stress out of worrying about what to eat for a healthy and delicious way to kickstart your day. And if you fast, this is the perfect meal one as it delivers wellness, satiety, and delicious flavors. Pop over to creaturesofhabit.com. That's creaturesofhabit.com with a K, creaturesofhabit.com, and put in promo code K-O-H-P-O-D-20 for 20% off your first order. Let's just get back to this because we only have a few minutes here. Um, give me a couple of habits that you like to do on a regular basis that you would not want to live without. Table stakes is do something active every day. No negotiation on it. Even if it's going for a walk to the coffee shop, whatever, do something active every day. We're human animals. Got to do something active every day. I think it's, it's one of those habits that it's easier to just have a hard rule on it. So you're never negotiating. Oh, is today the day I sit on my couch all day? Like always, always, every day do something. It can be Ironman training, it can be going for a walk, it can be stretching, doing yoga, just do something active every day for an hour. To me, that's non-negotiable. You got to do something every day. Other habits, it's something more recent to me, which I think you've you've always done super well, like uh, way before we we even connected, which is just like, don't just be on social media, be a creator. And so to me, it's, I've been making a concerted effort. I would say for the last six months, I, I'm, I have a lot to learn from you on this, to be honest. I was just like that habit around creation. I feel like I'm in my groove. Like I'm not, I'm not hundred K with a blue badge next to my name yet, but I feel like I'm finding my groove. I'm like, it's been uncomfortable. A lot of learning, like what works, what doesn't work, what's easier to create, what's authentic, what's not. But I've been creating something every day on you know the platforms that I'm caring to focus on like Twitter and Instagram, a little bit of LinkedIn and just like doing something every day and like doing that before. I, I like the way you said it. It's like before going into read mode, like you start your day on create mode. Like before you see all, all the other rest of the universe, what they're making out there, like put something out there yourself. So for me, it's a, a daily creative habit, spending at least 30 minutes a day, just like blocked off on making something, a little video, a little TikTok, a little reel, a Twitter thread, like just like doing something in the affirmative creative every single day. It feels good. It's fun. It's like, it's a new muscle. It feels really fun to be doing that. Mike, this is an awesome conversation, man. I really, really appreciate you taking the time. I know you're a busy dude and we're, I'm, I'm like, right. I'm right in, in your, your sweet spot here at the, at about the four and a half hour mark. Um, but uh, I, I really appreciate you taking the time. I am a, a massive fan of, of what you've done. Uh, I, I plan on developing a relationship with you for years and years. I love the product and now getting to know you a little bit better. You know, you and I have so much in common and we think so much alike and we're in a, we're in, you're further along than I am uh, with, with, with HVMN than, than creatures of habit, but I just can't wait to learn, to learn from you and, uh, and continue the combo, man. So thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Thanks for having me on, Michael. Yeah. A lot mutual respect right back. You're way out ahead of me on a lot of areas and it's, it's really fun to trade notes. Glad we connected. And there you have it, folks. I hope we delivered some valuable content for you to implement into your life on a daily basis. Please remember that our habits have the power to make us or break us. Replacing bad habits with great ones is the answer to living a life of happiness, optimism, and high performance. We are capable of achieving anything. 
We all have what it takes to give it all we've got. Commit to one great habit each day and truly commit and watch how everything in your life starts evolving from good to great. If you enjoyed this podcast, please follow us wherever you listen to your podcast. Give us a five-star rating and a nice review that will help us grow this podcast, bring on more amazing guests, and continue to deliver invaluable content on a weekly basis. Lastly, please share this podcast with any friends or family that you think might appreciate it. And always remember, want plus do equals have. Until the next one, fam. Peace.